if I was a richest girl. Na 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 na. See, I'd have all the mullets in the world if I was a richest girl. No man could test me, impress me. Our hometown would never ever end. Cause I'd have all the mullets in the world if I was a richest girl. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to The Trashler. You know how in Blades of Glory, Will Ferrell's character is like, we're gonna skate to one song and one song only. Well, guess what? Today, we're gonna talk about one guy and one guy only, and you already know who I'm talking about. Erich, baby. Okay, we're obviously going to talk about everyone else, but good lord, I want to eat that mullet for breakfast, lunch, and dinner! Okay, whoa, let's pump the brakes. And shout out the highest scorers in our fantasy league this week. We had a three-way tie between Judith, Ryan, and Leia. Great job, gang. Maybe you can split the crown three ways, like Caddy and Mean Girls. All right, y'all, this week was Hometowns, where, as is tradition, the lead visits the hometowns and families of the remaining contestants. Historically, this has always been one of my favorite episodes. You get hot dads, you get to see their houses so you could tell how rich they are, but most importantly, we really get to know the final guys. We see what they care about, where they've come from, but also how rich they are. I have to say, with the exception of a few standout moments, this might have been my least favorite hometowns date in recent memory. And yes, I'm including the COVID seasons where they didn't even physically go to hometowns. I say this mainly due to one person, and I hate, hate, hate that I'm about to say this, but Rachel, oh my god, no, I feel so bad already. Rachel, I love you so much. I've been out here in these streets rooting for you since the beginning of Clayton's season. You're beautiful, you're perfect, moi. But, but, Rachel might be the worst bachelorette for hometowns. Seriously, she kept talking about, quote, approval and getting the family's approval. Like, I don't know if the overlords were prompting her with questions about approval, but it was just so weird. Like, you're there to get to know these families. Why are you treating it like a competition? It was really sad, honestly. And just the way she talks and presents herself, she came across as so fake. Her octave up voice when she's around other people, her put on sweetness, I genuinely love her, but some people just aren't good with parents. And especially someone as famously insecure as Rachel, it was painful to watch. Painful. But also, for those who didn't watch Clayton's season or you just need a refresher, her own hometown date with Clayton was pretty bad because her dad was just, mm, how do I put this nicely, uh, not the most approachable guy on the planet. He was just a uh, tough guy, a wannabe mafia guy, you know? Uh, and I don't know, I'm guessing she's still low-key scarred from that experience. That's just a theory, though. Oh, and Avon's hometown date was apparently cut for time and will be a part of next week's episode. So literally, they only showed the white guy's hometowns tonight. Overlords, what the fuck, okay? <laughs> Seriously? You have 24 hours to respond. While they're thinking of a way to justify excluding the one black guy, let's get into the episode. So our first hometown date of the night was Gabby and Jason, a.k.a. Zen Dennis Reynolds, a.k.a. Zenis Reynolds, in his hometown of, oh my god, I'm gonna cry, literally my favorite city in the world, New Orleans. I know I exaggerate, but seriously, you guys, it's my favorite city in the world. 
I've had some of the best times in my life in New Orleans and also some of the worst times in my life. But the food, the culture, the history, the strip clubs. It's my favorite place on earth. And God, I can't imagine if I was there walking on Bourbon Street and then I see the Bachelorette filming. I think I would immediately ascend to heaven on the spot, like Virgin Mary style. I wouldn't actually die. My body would just go straight to heaven. It's also so funny to me that Zenis Reynolds, of all people, is from New Orleans. He is the most chill, laid-back guy, and New Orleans is just so rowdy and energetic. I guess you gotta balance it out somehow. So they give us some intro to New Orleans shots, and it looks exactly like the beginning of Disney's The Princess and the Frog. <laughs> if you know, you know. Gabby and Zenis Reynolds walk around the French Quarter. They throw beads off a balcony, but they restructured the classic Bachelor hometown date here, which actually they did a few times throughout this episode. Usually you spend the day exploring the person's hometown and doing random romantic activities. Then at night, you meet the family. In Zenis's case, his parents are divorced, so they spent half the day with his dad and then met the mom and sister at night. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they've ever done this before. I think it was such a beautiful way to deal with divorced parents without getting too messy. I loved how they handled this, but let me know what you think. They go to a park and his dad walks out and greets them with the thickest Louisiana accent. The first thing he says is, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. Guys, <laughs> I'm not joking. I literally teared up at this. Like, not laughing, like genuine emotions. Like, his dad looks like the sweetest guy in the world. He's just a little chubby, like in a Santa Claus way, and his eyebrows and mouth are in a permanent soft smile. And his Louisiana accent? Ugh! He just radiated pure love, and I seriously started crying when he came out and said that. Ugh, so cute. He also brought New Orleans' favorite dessert, beignets, and said, Never let a good beignet go to waste. Oh, I love this guy. Then later he was like, May the best days of your past be the worst days of your future. Oh my god, I, I actually cannot handle this. I love this man so much. I'm not even sure this guy is a human. I think he's an elf or a warlock or something. He is pure Louisiana magic, and I can't wait to see who divorced this man. We later meet Zenis's mom and sister, who are both absolutely gorgeous. Yes, the mom kind of looks like Elvira with her black hair and voluminous blowout with bangs, but still, the genes are strong in this family. They're all so beautiful in their own way. But the mom also kept saying, I feel something really good between you two. Very witchy, very magical. I'm not completely convinced Zenis's parents are mortals. That's all I'm saying. Gabby spends this whole night portion asking his mom and sister if she thinks they're a good match because she's so loud and crazy and he's so reserved. I thought this was really weird and just showed where her head is at. Calling it right now, she ain't picking Jason in the end. But he seriously deserves the best. He needs someone just as magical as his parents. Like, someone who gives a Liv Tyler in Lord of the Rings vibe. And babe, if you're listening, you're not going to find that in paradise. Please don't go on Bachelor in Paradise, Jason. Please, your magical girl is not there. He tells his witch mother that he's absolutely not ready to propose because he needs space to emotionally process his experience here. 
God, this guy is so in touch with himself. So emotionally intelligent. You are too good for this franchise, Dennis Reynolds. Please, I'm begging you, don't go on paradise. Speaking of sweeties, our next hometown date is Rachel and Zach in Anaheim, California, a.k.a. the home of Disneyland. If there's anywhere that could possibly compare with New Orleans for me, it's the happiest place on earth, honey. Another traditional thing about hometowns is that the contestant plans their own hometown date, which is the only time that happens in the season. Zach definitely won this episode with regards to date planning because both of his activities involved things that they've bonded over. He is so thoughtful, just such a sweet, sweet guy. I hope he's not hurt at the end of this. They ride bikes, which they did in Amsterdam, and then they climb a ladder up to this rooftop where they watch planes. If you remember their first one-on-one, which I think was in the second episode, they bonded over watching planes with their dads. Ugh, this was beautiful. Great work, Zach. Great work. They meet his family, which includes Joe Swanson from Family Guy and Kronk from The Emperor's New Groove. Yes, the incredible voice actor, Patrick Warburton. They didn't really let him shine too much, but I mean, I could listen to him read the phone book and be wildly entertained, so it doesn't take much. The funniest line tonight was not from Uncle Pat Warburton, but it was from Zach's dad, who said to Rachel, well, you go to the most romantic places and you could fall in love with a monkey. She didn't even laugh at this, and that was the first moment that I was like, oh, she's bad at hometowns. She's bad at this. She absolutely should have taken this as a joke and been like, yeah, well, hey, your son's way hotter than a monkey, huh? She could have played it so cool, but she's just so insecure, so awkward throughout this whole episode. It was hard to watch. Despite her painful awkwardness, Zach tells her he's in love with her, and Rachel says again how this journey is, quote, working for her. She keeps saying that. What is up with that? It's like she's so dumb that she just hooks onto certain words like approval and phrases like the journey is working. You know what I mean? Like when you say a three-syllable word in front of a dumb person... Then the next time you see them, they use that exact three-syllable word. I unfortunately think Rachel might be that person. Indubitably. Let's see if she could take that one. Next hometown is Gabby and Johnny in Palm Beach, Florida. Nothing really happened here except Johnny's brother's hot, Johnny's best friend is hot, and Johnny's dad 100% voted for Trump. I mean, it's the polo and the fact that he's in Palm Beach, but okay, yeah, everything about him, yeah. At the end of the date, Johnny tells his family... I can definitely see myself falling for this girl. (laughs) What? Dude, you could definitely see yourself falling for this girl? That's something you say night one. You're in the final three, sir. If you haven't definitively fallen for her, get the fuck out. It is way too late for you to say this. Oh, God, go home. Like, compare that to Zach, who said to his family, Rachel is the one, and he told her that he is falling in love with her. Like, grow up, Johnny, and go by John, you frickin' baby. Oh boy, you guys, this is a tough one. Our next hometown date was... (sighs) Lil Jack Tattooed Tyler in Wildwood, New Jersey. They gallivant around the Jersey Shore, and like the great Snooki before her, Rachel has a breakdown on the boardwalk. A bunch of his friends pop up in random places on the boardwalk, and Rachel just gets totally overwhelmed by meeting all of these people for someone who she's not even really sure about. 
She says that their relationship is, quote, definitely the most behind, and Lil Jack tattooed Tyler is so blissfully unaware. It's sad. I said a couple weeks ago that he really knows how to take advantage of the limited time they have, but, oh, you guys, don't hate me for this. After this hometown date, I kind of think he's just a talker. He always says the right things, but doesn't actually listen? Like when Rachel was feeling overwhelmed, she sat him down to talk about everything and he immediately interrupted her and launched into this whole unsolicited speech, which included telling her, I'm not falling in love with you. I am in love with you. (laughs) Wait, what? Read the room, man. This seemed so out of place and just made me reevaluate all of their past interactions. Like, is he actually sweet or does he just know what to say to get some screen time? Also, he's 25 years old, which is so young. I'm just starting to see past his Lil Jacked tattooed veneer. And so was Rachel because she sent his Lil Jacked tattooed ass home. And yeah, on the boardwalk. That means she never met his family. Like, they set up the cameras at their house for nothing. His mom had this crazy flipped hair and she did all that flipping for nothing. How rude. The overlords allow Tyler to still visit his family, and he tells them that he still loves Rachel. Shut up, dude. You're coming on way too strong. Show some self-awareness, please. Okay, you guys, finally. Oh, sorry, the rock voice. Finally. The moment we've all been waiting for. Erich, 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 Erich. Holy shit. You guys, holy shit. This was one of the best hometowns ever. I wasn't even on this date, but I fell in love with Erich. How does that work? Before we get into the serious stuff, I just want to point out, oh my god, Erich is so, 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 so hot. 100% the hottest guy on this season, and I'll say it, after this episode, he's on my all-time hottest contestants list. Like, across all Bachelorette seasons. Maybe in another podcast episode, I can actually write down this list instead of it just living in my brain, but I'll just throw a few at you right now. Reed from Jillian's season, Jeff with one F from Emily Maynard's season, Tyler Cameron, duh, and of course, Greg Grippo. Okay, moving on. Erich is just absolutely gorgeous. He's so tall and built and his green eyes and his smile. And yes, even that curly mullet. His haircut gives him an edge. I genuinely love it. But hey, I live in Brooklyn. I seriously didn't blink the entire time he was on screen. Ugh. But this hometown date wasn't noteworthy because of Erich's hotness, but because of his family. I said earlier that we changed up the traditional structure a few times tonight, and this was the other time. Erich's dad has terminal cancer, so he told Gabby he wanted to see his family first thing. He also said, I need you to meet them and I need them to meet you in order to move forward with this. Hot, 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 love him, yes. Screw Patrick Warburton, this guy's the real family guy. Oh, I hate myself. But seriously, his family seemed so real. They weren't all happy rainbow puppy smiles. In fact, I don't think his mom smiled once, (laughs) and I loved that. Erich's mom is his dad's primary caretaker, and I sadly recognized that energy in her. The whole date, she was just so tired, so joyless. It really broke my heart because I've seen this happen with people I love. Yes, they enjoy taking care of their loved ones, but it just sucks everything out of you. 
I felt her pain and I just wanted to give her a big hug. Erich and his mom spoke one-on-one and she told him that his dad is worse than last time he saw him. She said, quote, I keep watering that flower and it keeps coming back. Okay, uh, that metaphor is actually the opposite of what you're trying to say, but I still love you, Donna. I'll let it slide. When Gabby talks to his mom one-on-one, his mom basically lectures Gabby on loyalty and sticking with each other through thick and thin. Man, this woman has been through it. I just want her to get a pedicure or a massage, something for herself. Ugh. Oh, on a lighter note, Erich tells his dad that Gabby was an ICU nurse, and Gabby reacts like, Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I forgot that's the story I told them. Like, come on, girl, say something about medication, IV drip, I don't know, pretend that it's real. So since they met his family during the day, they go on their own date at night, and it was, oh my god, one of the hottest dates in Bachelor Cinematic Universe history. And is it a hot tub? Tantric yoga? No! It was literally just them talking in a dimly lit restaurant, making out like teenagers. It was so real. So romantic. And honestly, I could watch them make out forever. I'm gonna record them making out and watch it um, uh, later. <clears throat> um, uh, uh, but seriously, during Jason's one-on-one, I cringed every time they kissed. But something about Erich, their chemistry is everything. And she sat on his lap, talked about his family. It was everything, everything. This man is everything. He tells her that he's falling in love with her, and she says it back. I can't believe both Gabby and Rachel said it back this episode. I wonder if Zach and Erich are our final two. Let me know what you think. Gabby says not only was this one of her best dates so far, but that this date might have changed the rest of her life. I totally agree. I mean, fuck, this hometown date changed the rest of my life. Everything about this date was so raw and unfiltered in the best way possible. But unfortunately, we didn't get a happy ending. At the very, very end of the episode, like after the blooper, there was a black screen with the text, in loving memory of, and Erich's dad's name. (sighs) Yeah, it's a lot. God, I was so shocked when I saw this because I think it means Erich's dad died relatively recently. Because I think if he passed away way earlier, the overlords would have edited the episode way differently, or maybe not even have aired it at all. Like Erich's portion, I mean. But the fact that they announced this to us just as a quick post-blooper scene, I think we can presume it happened recently, and god, I just, I wanna hug Erich. I wanna hug his mom Donna. Cancer is a fucking bitch, and please, please, please appreciate your loved ones while they're still here while you're all still here. Who do I have to talk about Tino, the Cheese King now? (laughs) Like, seriously, how do you possibly follow that? All right, all right, super quick. The last hometown date of the night is Rachel and Cheese King Tino in Santa Clarita, California. Tino's hot, Rachel's insecure, talks about approval, blah, blah, blah. I really don't think she's gonna have a happy ending here, you guys, like, overall. She just doesn't seem to be in the right place mentally to fall in love. You know what I mean? Like, Clayton's breakup tore her apart, and this process started right after that. Ugh. She's just been so insecure this whole season, and like RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? 
We meet Tino's brother, Mateo, and his parents, Joe and Sandy, which is such a classic first-generation American immigrant move. The parents having super Americanized names and the kids having more exotic names. I mean, hello, my mom's name is Anna and my name is Calliope. Yeah, that's my full name. Ugh. Tino's parents grill Rachel on the fakeness of The Bachelorette and Rachel completely panics. I honestly don't think his parents were that bad. But I do think Rachel is just not intellectually equipped for that situation. Like she seemed mentally unable to stand up for herself and her journey to find love. I hate that I'm insulting her intelligence, but God, it just really popped out this episode, you know? Like how awesome would it have been if she was like, you may think this show is bullshit, but guess who signed up for it? Yes, son. Boom, bitch. Rachel is just not quick like that, and it is just so disappointing. Regardless, Rachel and the Cheese King say they're falling in love with each other, so if you're keeping track at home, yep, Rachel did say it twice throughout the hometowns. To two different guys. Tino seems like a straight shooter, and I honestly don't give one shit about his parents. Oh, except his dad looks exactly like Dr. McCoy from Star Trek. And he was literally wearing a golden crew neck, just like Star Trek, like literally the same color as the ship's operations team. Live long and prosper, Tino's dad. Question time. One last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. All right, first question. What's the farthest you think a contestant could get and still want to watch when it airs? I.e. Nate versus Meatball versus even Rachel on Clayton's season. Wow, that's a good question. I mean, it's definitely dependent on the person and the edit they got, but I will give you two specific answers so you don't think I'm copping out of this question. My first specific answer is pre-hometowns. I think watching your family on TV, watching them meet the girl you were dating at the time, I think that would really, really suck. And I think going home before hometowns spares you a really bad breakup. Let me know your thoughts on this, though. I would love to hear other opinions on this. My second specific answer is actually the complete opposite, but I would not want to watch my season when it airs if I, say it with me, went home night one. I mean, I would just die of embarrassment. So yeah, once you get to hometowns or if you go home the first night, I will not be watching. I'll just rewatch The Sopranos on Monday nights, so don't worry about me. Okay, second question. If you were Erich, would you have gone on the show slash brought cameras into your home? Yikes, that's a hard-hitting question. This is a journalist question right here. Damn. I love Erich to death, but yeah, I kind of hinted at this earlier. I think if his dad passed earlier, like during shooting or even during post-production, I think there's a chance that it would have been cut entirely. It's just really fucking sad, and personally, I can't even get over the COVID of it all. This guy is as immunocompromised as you can be, yet they had a full, unmasked gathering. I know society has collectively moved on from caring so much, but if my dad had terminal cancer, mm, 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 mm. I would maybe do like a drive-by thing like Gabby's dad in Clayton's season. It's way too dangerous, and yeah, also just way too dangerous emotionally. If Gabby and Erich end up together, I'm sure he's happy she ultimately met his dad, but, and I hate saying this, at what cost? Who's to say he didn't catch COVID from that exact interaction? Hell, did Logan the Loser not get sent home the episode prior for that exact reason? 
I don't know, you guys. I'm not suing the overlords for manslaughter just yet, but I'm just saying there might be a case there. Last question. Okay, phew, something way lighter. Where does Gabby get her jeans? Great taste in denim. A thousand percent. She really kills it with the silhouettes. Like, I basically wear the same silhouette all the time, tight graphic tees and mom jeans. But Gabby really switches it up, especially with the pants. She'll do straight leg, flared. She looks good in everything, for real. But again, so you don't think I'm copping out, I have specific answers here, too, that I dug up from the show's stylist's Instagram. The cream straight leg jeans she wore to meet Johnny's Trump-ass family are from a designer named Veronica Beard, which I think you can find at, like, Nordstrom. And her loose faded denim jeans from a few episodes ago were from Seven for All Mankind. Fergie vibes. Iconic. By the way, the show's stylist is named Carrie Fetman, and that's his Instagram handle too. At C-A-R-Y-F-E-T-M-A-N. He posts a lot of their outfits with all the details. It's great. My one question is, where the hell was he during Katie Thurston's season? <laughs> T. Oh, let's do winner and loser of the week. <clears throat> My winner of the week is Erich's dirty martini that he ordered during the night portion of their date. Erich, you have great taste in cocktails, and I've never wanted to be an olive so bad in my life. My loser of the week is, you guessed it, Lil Jacked Tattooed Tyler, because he broke the one cardinal rule, never fall in love at the Jersey Shore. And that's a wrap on the white hometown dates. We can't forget about Avon next week. Ugh, we're in pre-finale territory, you guys, and it feels so good. Please follow Trashler on Instagram and on Twitter, both at Trashler. And I'll see you next week. Bye!